Good morning. You're listening to Morning Musings on Divine Mercy Radio with Matthew Hogan. And now, here's Matthew. Here I am again with Father Nick, and today we're going to talk a little bit about why we call priests father, also in relation to Father's Day, like some of our other segments. So that's kind of what I want to get started with. So why do we call priests father? Why not anything else? It is a very good question because there is a place in the scriptures where Jesus says, call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. And if that's the case, then Catholics are in big trouble. <laughs> we have all sorts of leaders and we are calling them all father. Unless you're a bishop, then we'll call you bishop or something else. But pretty much we call everyone father. But there's a couple things that we have to understand about this passage that is in the scriptures. So this passage comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 23. And in it, Jesus is speaking about basically the, the scribes and the Pharisees who, who like to sort of flaunt their authority over other people. And he has a few things in here. He says, if we read it in his context, as for you, do not be called rabbi. You have but one teacher and you are all brothers. Call no one on earth your father. You have but one father in heaven. Do not be called master. You have but one master, the Messiah. Well, if this is all true, and Jesus is speaking very literally in every single case, we get into a bit of trouble because Jesus was a devout Jew, and he knew that he would be calling certain rabbis by the title rabbi. We might not necessarily see that bluntly in scripture, but as a devout Jew, it would have been unheard of if he hadn't done that. There are times where Abraham in scripture will be called father Abraham being okay. given that title. If what Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew here is true, then that actually means that a lot of our scriptures that refer to Abraham as the father of faith or father Abraham is false, which in essence would mean that not all scripture is inspired. And we get into a lot of trouble if we go down that rabbit hole. Then Jesus himself, when he's referring to this and then breaking these commandments, make Jesus a sinner. And if he's a sinner, he's not the Messiah. And if he's not the Messiah, then we're not saved. I mean, we get into a lot of trouble as soon as we start looking at this literally. So what we need to do is we need to understand what Jesus's point here was. Yes, God is our ultimate father. Anything outside of what God teaches and reveals is not something that we should follow as authoritative. The only rabbi is is the Lord. So make sure that everything can be related back to his teachings. God is our only master, that if we do anything that is outside of his rule, then we are not following that true master. Okay, good. We have that established. That doesn't mean then that in another sense, we can't call others our teacher or our master or our father. We're not using it in the same level as what we would use for God, mm -hmm. but we still acknowledge these people of importance in our lives. This is why St. Paul can call himself the father of, of Timothy. This is why Abraham can be called the father of our faith. And this is why we can have teachers and fathers and masters in our life as a whole. Another way that I like to look at it though is kind of sort of flipping it on its head and looking at priests if we didn't necessarily call them father and what that would imply. So let's say that someone comes up to me and they, they say, uh, well, nice to see you, Father Nick. And I say, oh, 
it's okay, it's just Nick. Well, let's look at just Nick for a while because I don't think that just Nick is really a bad guy. I think that just Nick can still do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Just Nick might know something about the faith and about scriptures, and just Nick might be able to, you know, do some some teaching or some some administration, and and just Nick might be helpful in the community. But just Nick can't turn the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. Just Nick can't absolve someone from their sins and the sacrament of reconciliation. And just Nick can't bring the sacrament of anointing to those who are sick or in distress. Just Nick is very limited. You need something that is greater than just Nick if you truly want to grow in your life in Christ. And that's why then we have these certain leaders in the church who aren't just so-and-so, but truly are fathers of the faith. Then a question I could see somebody bringing up would be like, why not use a different title like the deacon title for like the diaconate or bishop, as you mentioned yourself earlier? In essence, Jesus is giving a lot of titles there. (laughs) I mean, you can get around titles with another synonym all you like, yeah, you're still going to be violating that scripture passage, <laughs> you know, if, if you take that scripture passage in an absolute literal way. We have religions that say, well, we don't have, we don't have fathers, we have reverends or pastors. Well, reverend and pastor are still titles of authority. <laughs> the, the ultimate authority, as Jesus is saying, is God's authority. Acknowledge that the ultimate authority is God's authority. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I mean, we still need to acknowledge that there are certain people in our world that are in these positions to, in essence, I'm not for sure what term it is, the, the representative or the deliverer of God's authority. Yes. But especially in the case of father, father is more than just an authoritative relationship. It's also a familial relationship. How do you think that plays into it? Oh, that's a good point, that it is a familial relationship. We are all part of the body of Christ. In that, then, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. And when Jesus establishes his covenant with his people, the the term covenant is familial relationship. It it means that we are in kinship with one another and we are in this, this family in Christ. I think that's one of the main reasons why we choose that term father is so that there can be sort of this relationship as the body, as one family, in one covenant with one another. And priests themselves are trying to be sort of the, the, um, the head of the body of Christ. Uh, we, we say that the priest stands in persona Christi Capitis. Yeah. And as in persona Christi Capitis, as the head of the body of Christ and in this familial relationship, that term father just and in all accounts seems to be the proper fitting title to, to really <laughs> give the reality of, of what the priest is supposed to be in this relationship. Yeah. So final question to kind of touch on this. How does a priest live out the duties of father in a way in their parishes and in their whatever duties they might be assigned in the course of their lifetime? Sure. Well, the primary duties of the priest, basically two, sacrifice and reconciliation. We primarily offer sacrifice with the sacrifice of the Mass and reconciliation through the sacrament of reconciliation, Mm -hmm. sacrament of penance. In essence, what do fathers do in their own families? But they are constantly sacrificing for their families. And they do this through their their jobs, their effort providing for their families, protecting their families. Mm -hmm. Fathers are, are 
supposed to be big protectors of their wives and their children, making sure of their, their safety and their well-being. So fathers and families are always offering sacrifice. And reconciliation, they're always trying to bring their family into union with each other, keeping that family unit together. In the scheme of the church, we are, as priests, offering our sacrifices, primarily through the sacrifice of the Mass, but offering our sacrifices in, in other ways for the good of the people. And reconciliation, through the sacrament of reconciliation particularly, but in other ways trying to bring union to the church. The, the two roles very much can mirror each other. Thank you so much, Father Nick, again. Always sure. a pleasure to have you in and speaking on the radio. So, Well, appreciate it. Thank you for having me in. God bless. Thanks, you too. Thank you, everyone, again for listening to Morning Musings with Matthew Hogan. I hope you enjoyed this segment with Father Nick Parker. I quite thoroughly enjoyed this discussion, and I hope you found it fruitful and engaging. We will now return to the Sunrise Morning Show.